Uh, all right, so we're all here. We're all queer. We're all used to it. Um, is there any? Uh, 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 do we want to start the like official rotation of intros? Yeah, like one start... person does an intro and we don't goof around. Yeah, let's start with Lucas. All right, Lucas, you will what? start. This is the third episode. You're the I third person volunteer. in my Discord. It goes me, Charles, you in terms of my video. So that's just how it, math. It just I don't. I, I can't make the rules. I just follow. All right. Do we do we have a prepared intro or is it just? Well, like a... you know how I do my intros. Is if you've listened to any of the podcasts, and yeah. you know how I shamed your intro before. So like, do whatever. You can do whatever. It's this is the I, official. I'll be honest, this is I've it. Heard it. I've heard it multiple times, but I don't remember exactly. That what hurts you a say, lot. So. It's a real disrespectful thing for you to say to me in my own home. But <laughs> I just don't remember. And, and if we all have our own style of them, that's even better because every intro will be unique. Okay. Just do. You, boo, boo. Let me think for just a second here. Also, you better you better have brought some topics because we've been doing the heavy lifting on topics. Yeah, go back and bitch. listen to one and two. You didn't say shit. Nope. You didn't you didn't bring a single topic. It's your the turn, only bitch. topic I brought this week was to Don't tell me about it. We'll do it on podcast, you dingle. No, yeah, do it on the podcast. You hated it. You son yeah. of All a right. bitch. Uh as far as intros go, I'm just gonna keep it short and sweet and simple. I okay. think. I'll judge you and we'll run a second try if I hate it. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll do a third try if I hate that one. Yeah, that's true. This is a check and balance system. We run like a, a well-oiled government that is not so well-oiled. We run like a poorly oiled government with no WD-40 applied. Just go for it. Are you already recording? I've been recording for seven minutes I, and 30 I seconds. I knew that was going to be the case. Come on. This is my first time. <laughs> this is gay. Welcome back to Men of the Machine. I am Lucas. We're joined by Charles and, of course, our host, Kevin. Ooh, right you called me that. the host. That's so sweet. It, well, I mean, a lot of, you know what? Happen. You know what I've noticed? A lot of different podcasts I listen to are very, like, specific with how they introduce the, the, the cast, crew, hosts, whatever the shit. Like, right. the they only the show... That makes like a dramatic point is uh, I actually had Charles listen to an episode today of uh, a hot dog is a sandwich where they make sure in every intro uh, I am your co-host. He doesn't even say I'm your host. I'm your co-host. And then Nicole says I'm your co-host. Nicole. They both introduce themselves and they say their own co-host title. Neither of them calls themselves a host or introduce the other. I've never every other podcast is like like fuckface is uh, usually Jeff just saying all of us are here or. Uh, like I listen to tell him Steve Dave where Bri just says he doesn't say host always I'm Brian blah blah blah. Yeah. It's very weird the way people like to. So thank you for calling me the host. Well, I feel Fucks like you do up. so much and have so much of uh, the infrastructure of this this thing down that uh, you really are just hosting us. I, 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 yeah, you're the you're the dude with the podcast experience. You're the dude who owns the channel and pays the yeah, money. Yeah, I'm the only one who has a channel and is willing to edit it at the moment. I mean, yeah. like, I'll, but you know what? I'll take it. That's, I'm it's, showing up topicless week ass after week. Week ass week. after week ass week. Yep, that's right. One week ass week after another. The topic that I, I had prepared, you know, just to riff on with you guys was... Um, just going over how many things we could I <laughs> evaluate with with the Taco Bell, you know, 
and oh uh, you wanted to okay so you want me do you want to retell that story and then we'll roll with it yeah yeah okay. so uh okay i was i it started because i was talking to my younger brother uh and he made the out argument sound pretty good or maybe i was just sleep deprived from driving no no don't don't excuse it in the moment you were sold on it i I was okay so just like (laughs) certain people it's a lot easier to understand finances when you equate it to (laughs) taco bell purchases (laughs) yeah Yeah, certain people right or yeah yeah Yeah, just just let's say for example that you treat yourself to taco bell once a week (laughs) and you pay $10 on a meal, right? <clears throat> and for that matter, I guess it doesn't have to be Taco Bell, but I'm using Taco Bell for my example. Because that's uh, how it was pitched. That's a vi- right. No, this is very important to the story that that is specifically how it was pitched. So if you buy a meal a week, there's 52 weeks in a year, that's 520 bucks a month. Now, if you want to equate that to like buying a new car, that's like 20 years of Taco Bell that you can't treat yourself with. Yeah. I mean, think about what you're missing out on here. And just to understand, like, you know, the relevance of, you know, how money works. No, <laughs> but okay. So what, <laughs> so what was the intent of making you understand that 10 grand is 10 grand because that's all you did there all that happened there was hey did you know 10 grand can buy 10 grand worth of stuff that was all that conversation actually meant which is nothing um what was the intent of it though like what was trying to be understood so it it really makes you value a dollar a lot differently when you realize just how much taco bell you could buy with it all right, so uh, so so this is my understanding. Uh, <laughs> Lucas was having a conversation with his brother, and his brother pitched to him, "You're gonna buy a new car, dude. Do you have any idea how much Taco Bell you could buy <laughs> with the amount of money a new car does? You could get so many burrito and soda deals at Taco Bell. Ten dollars a piece. Do you oh, really yeah. need a new let, car? Let him know your biggest issue with the with the because with the, you have yeah. a very important issue." that i love so 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 my take on this was you guys are buying ten dollar burrito and soda deals at taco bell it's ridiculous to buy a soda at taco bell there's no nutritional value if you're gonna budget your money based on taco bell deals you shouldn't be buying a soda you could buy so you could buy three burritos for just the extend cost. the amount of burritos yeah, but some of their best deals come with a drink <laughs> I think I some mean, of their worst deals come with a drink. Dude, so, you're going to tell me a nacho fries box is <laughs> the worst deal on the Taco Bell? I'm, you know what I'm going to tell you? The fact that you're at Taco Bell is the worst deal of what it you're is. doing for food. <laughs> and and if you're evaluating your finances, yes. I'm going to tell you that your nacho <laughs> box deal is absolutely <laughs> the worst deal. I'm going to say that if you're trying to stretch like your caloric intake you're trying to budget your finances, then yes, I think that you should just be buying a burrito. You don't need a soda. What are you getting from that soda? You're getting nothing. You're getting uh, not uh, You're getting what's high an blood easier pressure. Easier way. Yes, you're like. gonna get high blood pressure, and you're gonna get yeah. uh, you're gonna get obesity. You're gonna yeah. get adult onset diabetes. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, Tell me, Luke, if I, we're listening. If I drink the soda, yeah, I guess. But what are you gonna do? Pour really it out your car, dude? No, money. no, hold on. If I'm gonna drink this, soda, you'll leave that soda in your car for three weeks and still take a sip from the straw when you get in one day. You're drinking the soda, okay? Or, or even, or even worse, if you're gonna go ahead and buy that ten dollar burrito and soda deal and not drink the soda, you're trying to stretch <laughs> your finances <laughs> yeah, that, and you're not gonna you're... drink the soda. So this the point guy. wasn't to okay, stretch sorry. the finances because the whole the whole point is that you're treating yourself. You know, this was already <laughs> money that you were gonna throw in the Weekly. trash. Weekly, okay, you're okay. Yourself. So here's where it falls off. This is the whole point of why I got I got mad. Luke can tell you I got kind of like upset he at him. He raised I got his voice I was I did. I was a little <laughs> bit drunk at the point, but I raised my <laughs> voice. So here's like the two biggest biggest issues with this conversation as a whole is one you're trying to learn the value of a dollar by equating two essential things you need in your life food and transport these are things you can't do without we're not comparing the cost of a movie ticket to a video game and the amount of enjoyment you get out of the two things we're not comparing a trip to paying to join a local sport league and get like exercise we're not comparing luxuries we're comparing required necessities in your life and acting like one can go without the other you can't get to your goddamn taco bell without a car to drive so this is already you fucked can't. now the second part where this falls through ten dollars at taco bell is not treating yourself that is not, you are not like, and the second part, a $10,000 car is not a good car. This is all like talking about shitty things and shitty things and why a dollar goes slightly farther in one. It's, it's literally fucked from the ground up. I just also, don't have that much experience not having shitty things in my life. No, no, that's Maybe not. that's my personal, like, my, that's my personal <laughs> choice that has led me there. No, I'm no, not I trying. I feel like this was a personal attack. It kind of is, because I'm not trying to money financial poor shame here, because we all, Charles and I have talked about this at a lot length, and he made fun of me in a way he didn't mean to. We have all been insanely poor in our lives. That's not, that's not what it is. But if he's trying to say you don't need to spend ten or someone, let's let's stop let's yeah. stop dragging Connor. He deserves it, but let's stop dragging he Connor. Does. If you're trying to tell someone you don't need to go and buy a ten thousand dollar car, you are hundred percent right. You're already buying used at that point. You can find a a whether it be a reputable used dealer, they don't really exist, but you can try whether you're buying it secondhand off a friend trying to get a good deal that way, or whether you're able to come up with cash and do a loan for the other half of it so you're able to kind of move around the finances. Regardless, you're already talking about a used car, so it's right. Hey, you can get a used car cheaper. That's an easy thing anyone can say to anyone. The problem is, why are you in the business for a new car and also in the business for Taco Bell being your main source of nutrition? <laughs> like if, if you're poor if you're poor poor i told you right. this if you're poor poor a bag of rice and a package of chicken is ten dollars and it'll last you more than a week and it'll be it probably better for you uh buying public transport and things like a, a bike is way better for transportation at an insanely lower price those are also things that go for you a ten thousand dollar car and a ten dollar burrito deal is not where this conversation should exist so, so what oh go ahead Charles. 
so also if we're gonna dissect lucas's psychology on fast food and transportation let's also do a throwback to week one of this podcast the first one we recorded he also used the vernacular treat yourself when describing going to wendy's in the morning for a baconator that's true which he apparently does way too often and is no longer a treat yourself scenario that's just what you eat for breakfast it is now (laughs) yes (laughs) see It is what were now. you going to say before? <laughs> uh, I was going to say you guys are missing the one, the biggest factor in this, which is time. You never, uh, when you value your time. You spend I... more time in the drive-thru <laughs> as well as unwrapping the shit and making a mess than you do putting chicken in the oven. Yeah. You put it in the oven, then that's that, that took you, what, 10 minutes? On the pan, or uh, 10 minutes, I meant 10 seconds. On the pan, salt and pepper, and in the oven. You don't touch it again. And then whenever you're, it's done, you pull it out 10 more seconds to put it on the plate. You're telling me uh, that's that's a time thing? So, so actually, uh, I have a coworker um, who used to be my boss, Elliot, and every single day he makes the same meal uh, specifically for cost effectiveness. He yep. buys all the ingredients at Aldi's. He gets, Love frozen, he gets like five frozen bags of broccoli. He gets a jumbo pack of chicken. It barely costs him anything. He throws first... A little bit of quinoa into the bottom of a crock pot then he throws the chicken on top of it he seasons it with a little bit of salt and pepper then he throws the broccoli on top of all of that tosses a lid on it cooks it on high in the crock pot for about four to five hours uh then he busts it out stirs it all up pulls the chicken apart Puts and it in every containers. single yep so every well no he just eats that lunch every day and has the ingredients in the freezer ready for it uh accepting oh, the chicken which he leaves meal in the prepping. refrigerator yeah uh, yep. well so he just does this every day uh because yeah, it's right there it's right there in the work refrigerator um, oh he does a crock pot in work we for... have a we have a crock so he, pot so so let me he walks in in the morning like at the start of the day puts this all together and then five hours later when it's lunchtime it's done he he works that guy out. is awesome he works out at six o'clock in the morning he gets mm-hmm. done at about six fifty. He trickles into the break room near my office at about 6.55. He puts all this together in the crock pot, plugs that bitch in. He leaves it on high. He just puts the crock pot in and puts the lid on after he does all that ingredient prep. And then at about 11 to 11.45, he comes in, bursts into my office with his lunch. He scarfs down one helping of it, and then he comes in later in the afternoon. Uh, He does it for the protein, does it for the dietary fiber because he's working out all the time. He's a big dude. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a good meal in terms yeah. of like basic nutrition. It's a good meal. It's 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 lean. It's got a lot yeah. of protein. It's got most of what you need throughout the day. It doesn't make you tired because it's not yeah. heavy in like carbohydrates. Yeah. That's a, that's uh, actually super dope that he's able to do a fresh cook because a lot of people would do that on Sundays right. and then portion it out five times. So the fact that he's able to do that every day is dope. That's cool yeah, that we... you guys think that's uh, a cool thing because most of the reactions at work are people walking through the break room and saying. Whoa, what's that smell when they smell the because bro- broccoli? Well, broccoli, broccoli is a little tooty. It comes off a little tooty in a room when you... Yeah, I get that. I but, would think at this point everybody would know what that smell is. Well, yeah, but you know, it's... Constantly in the break room. What if, what if, you they know They like me. to make a big deal of it. They yeah, like to I'm... make a big stink out of it. Oh, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> you could write for Garfield one day, dude. You're killing it. One of my... Uh, Favorite things is a gimmick is a shtick. So maybe it's just their shtick to point it out, you know? Just be like, oh, yeah. what's that? I love that. I'm a big fan of that kind of humor. Mm-hmm. People like to gripe. But. All right. To finish, to wrap up this whole topic. 
Yeah, you think we're done? I, Continue anyway. I, <laughs> I thought it would be funny to talk about. It's not. It's infuriating, dude. I thought and it was funny. so this is why I can't bring topics to the table. Because <laughs> they're never as funny as they initially are. Connor no. had me in stitches talking about this, and I just oh, couldn't do it gosh. justice. Yeah, I bet. And by in stitches, you meant like writing it down in a notebook so that you followed that rule every time you thought about buying a car. Absolutely not. Yeah, you were sold. <laughs> uh, if if we were going to segue, uh, I actually do have one topic that's pretty closely related. Uh, okay. What's your favorite trashy food? That is, you know what? That is pretty closely related because I was going to start disrespecting Taco Bell, but I didn't want to curveball us into a uh, fast food discussion, which, it, to be fair, if we want to do one of those every week, I'm 100% down. Just are for are we a fast food podcast now? <laughs> yeah, we're going to be a fast food podcast. What if one day we get sponsored by, like, Wendy's, man, and we get to eat all of those shitty breakfast Baconators that Luke loves? Ugh, this is dude. this podcast is brought to you by Aldi's. Don't go to Wendy's anymore. <laughs> yeah. Come on, make just your eat meals and broccoli. <laughs> no, at work. Yeah, at work. That's dude, right. the, wait, the guy. He, oh, yeah. Go, getting right back into this dude's thriftiness. Uh, his his name is Elliot. So Elliot picked up yep. a crockpot on the side of the road. This thing looks like it came straight out of the 1940s. It's the most basic crockpot you can find. The lid doesn't seal. It's just, it just like sits. a. It just drops on. It yeah. looks like the kind of lid that you would drop on top of like a saucepan. You put it right on there, and the thing cooks. Uh, it also leaks water from the bottom onto the radiator <laughs> that he leaves it on, and then that water drizzles Steams? onto the floor. Oh, I was gonna be like, if that was a pro gamer move to keep humidity up because it steams mm. out, that would be that would be cool. But that's no, it's just a side effect of having a really <laughs> old crackpot. <laughs> it's just, it's just, a, yeah, that's fair. But I just, I can't get over, I, I still can't get over the fact that he does that every day. I would just do, I would meal prep. Like, uh, I was, I was, I was actually, prep. I was actually at one point tossing him uh, five dollars a week to get a portion of that every day at lunch, and it when was, you were exercising a lot. Uh, and even afterwards, like it was just a good lunch. Um, yeah, just five dollars a week, lunch all week. It's Can't so beat that. Cool. I need to do more stuff like that because you know what the problem is. I have a big. I I don't know about you guys. When I'm working, whether it be a physical job, actually no, it's exclusively when I'm doing a non-physical job. I am the snackiest little bitch that's ever existed, and my work has a Starbucks in it. It has a full cafeteria in it, and it has a, what we call the, what do they call it? The third floor grab-and-go, where it's just like, cool, oh. Oh, we did it oh, in the wrong channel. We did it in the wrong channel. Cody, you're going to have to fuck off for about a half hour, bud. <laughs> no, he's not even, no, he's not Great. even. Oh, right, we can't hear him no matter what. Actually, yeah. he can sit there. He can sit <laughs> yeah. there if he wants. He yeah, can just he can, be there. He can, listen, he can listen to us doing a podcast. Through. Yeah. No, he can't listen. He can't hear us. Our mics aren't going through there. Oh, right. All right. Uh, cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Yeah. Um, no, I ain't cutting anything. That's awesome. I know. Um, I, think it's, I think it's hysterical. <laughs> That's hilarious. But anyways. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why it's genius that he does it at work is because I did the meal prep thing for a while. Uh, you get lazy. You don't want to do it. And you lose a whole Sunday, you know? And it's fun. It is fun some Sundays. But other Sundays, it's like you want you want to do something else besides yeah. cook all well, day Well, so long. here's the thing about that. 
about that recipe though in specific a it's a set it and forget it you know we love those the infomercial in our brains but b those flavors uh quinoa uh chicken and broccoli can take any sauce you want to do it barbecue you want to do a teriyaki you want to do it ranch you want to do just salt and pepper you want to do like a butter sauce on top like an indian curry it can or just some simple olive oil and salt olive oil and lemon juice you can do anything so he does throw in olive oil. Uh, at one point, he was bringing in uh, lemon juice from home. He was like, I have an excess of lemon juice. He's dumping that shit right in there. Uh, the other thing he started doing, um, because we work in a food manufacturing industry, we ended up uh, getting a protein sample of like a chicken protein. And when you take a scoop of that chicken protein, first of all, it's protein. It's uh, good for a dude. Jim guy out. loves it. Yeah. So we dumped it into the crock pot. When you stir it up, it meshes with the gravy and or it turns into a gravy with the quinoa and the broccoli. And it kind of like all amalgamates into this like one really, really nice crock pot meal, actually. You know what would be dope? I'm just thinking about I love to cook. Um, I mostly cook garbage comfort food for Franny and I because we're garbage comfort people. But mm-hmm. that exact dish, but then sprinkle a dry packet of uh, gravy powder. And then a little bit of chicken broth. So the steam from the chicken broth kind of... So that oh, that is what this chicken protein does. It turns It does a fat. similar gravy thing. Yeah, oh, baby. Uh, so so I actually... Uh, I actually... I was skeptical about this meal at first. And then I, st- I, I brought it home, the recipe. And I made this for Allie in the crock pot. And she was really impressed. We made it a couple of times. It's a... It's a meal that you can do at home. It's not just a budget meal. It's a tasty, tasty meal. Uh, this podcast brought to you by... Yeah, Elliot. I was going to say, I was really sponsored or something? Like uh, the way you were selling it? This, uh, this podcast brought to you by Elliot's Cooking at Work. Tired text, of cooking at home? Yeah. Cook at work. Text Elliot right That's, away. Fine, I did it. Where's my 20 books? <laughs> he, Charles, I love when he explains anything because he could slip into the the paid advertiser very quickly. Oh, he, he could like, work at QVC. Like, yeah. so well. Well, you see, you understand that uh, <laughs> yeah. this yarn, this bird was made out of yarn and it's actually stuffed with 100% The term you're cotton. looking for is he is the best mansplainer of all time. That's what it is. That's that's what Allie was telling me. Uh, so just a, <laughs> just a couple of people listen to this podcast. We are heading up to Connecticut uh, going to visit Kevin. We're going on a Boston trip and... um. I was listening to this podcast with Allie, who was listening to it for the first time, and I got ready to pause the podcast when you guys were saying something to explain something about what I had to say, and then I realized right after I paused it, I was right about to say the same thing in the podcast. He, and he Allie was up. like, Allie was like, are you about to mansplain your own mansplanation? <laughs> so I, un- yeah. I, I unpaused it, and what I was thinking in my head, verbatim, I said the exact same thing on the podcast. Yeah. It's it's insane how a consistent, but b like procedural his explanations are. Yeah, they are to a t every time. It's yeah, incredible. It's the same words. My it's my like... thoughts are consistent, man. I have hey, consistent thoughts. Can't 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 be mad about Definitely it. You really truly can't. Um, but okay, so 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 let's let's get, get let's get out of Elliot's get food. I'm yeah. I am legitimately impressed, but let's not worry about that no more. We'll talk uh, more about that later. Yeah, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. You asked, what was it? Our favorite trash? Trash. Trash. Food. Okay. Yep, trash. Give, give me 
criteria or no criteria, but right. like help uh, me understand. Are we what talking you mean. like so? So here's tater like a casserole nastiness, or are we no, no. Like... So so here's what happened. Uh, I woke up this morning and I realized I was out of breakfast foods at work. Uh, when we were on the way to work, I stopped at the Big M. I picked up a uh, breakfast hot pockets and. I went into oh. work. I went into work and I made a bacon, egg, and cheese hot pocket. And I was sitting there at my desk and I was eating it. And I thought to myself, "Wow, this is really the pinnacle <laughs> of trashy culinary delight." I this love is these food things. engineering at its finest. Mm -hmm. Now, now I have side opinions about declaring a hot pocket trashy because a uh, a hot pocket used to be trashy ten years ago. Now, Hot Pockets actually have made a lot of progressive steps. They they use all real... <laughs> no, no, this, let him, this, let him. This let podcast him. is brought to you no, by no, Hot Pockets. No, 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 no. I want to hear why they're not trashy. <laughs> so, Hot Pockets have swapped to using all organic, non-GMO, uh, no additive added ingredients. So, a Hot Pocket, unlike other frozen foods, when you eat that, it doesn't have things like corn syrup, preservatives. It doesn't contain a shit ton of I'm mad gum. already. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Here's, here's it doesn't why. contain a shit ton of xanthan no, gum. No, no. Here's why I'm mad about it. Food science is a science for a reason, and I respect it. Making trash foods out of non-trashy things is not untrashify your food. No, I, I agree. I agree. So that's why I said I'm eating this breakfast hot pocket, and I think to myself, this is the pinnacle of trashy culinary frozen food delight. Uh, so. I turned and I asked my coworker Matt, "What's your favorite trashy food?" And he looked over at me and he said, "What are you talking about? I don't want to talk about this right now. I I guess a hot dog." And then he went back to doing a spreadsheet. Um, I'm offended, but all right. Well, so so that's the criteria. I was, <laughs> I was I was eating a I was eating a goddamn hot pocket, and I thought this is a little <laughs> bit trashy. I wonder what the dudes would think about. All right, this. so 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 let me just before I want to let Luke say first, but I want to just kind of what hit my head real quick. Number one, hot dogs aren't trashy. I'll fight you. Number two, a, the immediate thing that popped into my head with trashy was not like fast food. It was not like like you said, tater tot casserole could be. You remember when uh, uh, Mason called buffalo chicken oh, dip trashy yeah. for some fucking reason? Like so, uh, that didn't pop in my head. The We're very never first thing, no, we. Ne I'm still mad about it. I go to, I go to bed at night cursing him. I pray that God smites him. But I, the one, like the very first thing that pops in my head for some reason, it's kind of disrespectful to the corporation, but I don't give a fuck. Is can I buy it at Dollar General? That's I like, know. boom, that hits me, and I'm like, oh, that's a trashy food. And you can yeah. buy some non-trashy things there, but still, that's like my... You know when people are like, if you could buy anything, what could you do? And a lot of people do that. I'm walking down a Walmart aisle. Like, to me, mm -hmm. hey, buy trashy food. I'm walking down Dollar General aisle right now. <laughs> and that's how I interpreted it. So the fact that you, you narrowed it down with Hot Pockets actually helps me a lot. Yeah. So uh, so just I to throw it out there, Hot Pocket... It's at Dollar General. Uh, they do. Hot no, they do. Uh, that's not my. That's not my number one. Right. Number it's just one... what spurn. No. Don't. No. No. Let, you go last because you brought the topic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's funny that you mentioned all the organic and non-GMO stuff. It makes me. I hate that branding. Dude, but I get. I, it. I get. The way it. they define I work in the all food that industry. stuff is yeah, so. No, I, it's fucked up. Yeah. But that's not the point. Anyway. We're not. We're not talking about that. So. Uh, 
if you're going to talk about trashy food and, and, and put Hot Pockets in there, first of all, the breakfast Hot Pockets are better than the regular ones, except for maybe the OG ham and cheese. I don't know. Oh, my, that's my boy right there. Ham <laughs> <Damn laughs> cheese till day I die, dude. That's what I'm saying. Also, uh, also broccoli and cheese, that's... Uh, no, but, that's but he, broccoli and cheese is great, but he's just talking about breakfast, everything else except maybe this one. Yeah. Broccoli and cheese is great. Philly cheesesteak, great. But, like, come on, ham and cheese, breakfast. Uh, I think, I think the trashy is really I have an answer, and I, sure have a, I have a reason for Oh, let me ask you this, actually, quick, because this might change your thought process. This is a legit question. Yeah, yeah. The, the separation of nostalgia versus still applicable, I think, is very important, because nostalgia favorite is dramatically different than what I want to eat right now today as a right. 30-year-old man. So, like... But my the reason why I'm saying that is my answer number one would have been nostalgia. But then when I thought about nowadays, I'm kind of like, nah, I'm gonna set that aside. I just wanted you to, you yeah, know, put you in a headspace. Well, yeah, I was trying to figure out the parameters and like, you know, what kind of foods that I could fall into to that because like Charles, you know, with the hot pockets as an example, it's frozen, but apparently did it's you not did you hone in on frozen too hard? Are you like locked I, I in the frozen? I think that's where I'm. I'm that's where my head is stuck it's like oh what frozen food well like, like but... junk food right like potato chips and, and that that all counts uh like those oh, shitty yeah. tuna buffalo tuna things with the crackers in them you know that's like a trash food you know all of that and those things are pretty good oh i love them oh uh, yeah <laughs> if, if it's if it's vacuum sealed processed meat i'm there all it's right. it's over there's a there's a sidebar I, here to be had about uh, chips and dip. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is. That's true. French onion dip and potato chips. Like, is it trashy? Yeah, but is it? Oh, also, God. is anything more appealing than just like stuffing your face with chips that you're rapidly stuffing? Yeah, into that, when you're in that mood, you get all. You're just yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, but Luke. I wanna. I I just wanna one. I did decide what it is, but uh, for Charles to defend. Hot pocket for its organic. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And then berate me for my choice of Taco Bell. I mean... okay, no, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> anyway, my other, my favorite trashy food is, and I'm sure it's the same thing that you get at the gas station that you can buy in the freezer section at Walmart. Ooh. Frozen egg rolls, not real egg rolls. The frozen but, uh, egg rolls, like any like on the roller food. Like, you oh, know, like, okay. You're talking, okay. Like a I gas see what, station, yeah, you like see a 7 Eleven like dogs and stuff. And then there's like, oh, egg rolls. And you're like, how long's that been out? You want to know a fucked up thing about <laughs> that answer? That I never asked that question. I just did it for <laughs> I always You want to know what's kind of fucked up about that? Is, is, I have this thing, right? So, and I'm sure you have the same thing. I'm not sure about Charles. I don't know his uh, go to at a, at, a, at a Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. I have to try the egg roll at every Chinese restaurant buffet sit down i don't care i have to try middle of the mall stuff i don't care Mm -hmm. they never live up to the frozen ones i mean like in a weird way like technically they're better a lot of them are handmade and there's like good you can tell it's kind of like cooked there sort of stuff but like and some of I them don't... definitely, they feel better to eat because yeah. like, it's mostly yeah, lettuce the and cabbage and stuff. Crunch, and the steamy like... inside, like it makes more sense. Like... Something about the amalgamation of a single texture yeah. in the frozen ones after I think it's been. That, that's the emulsification. 
What, yeah. That's that's what we're getting to there. And the we'll flash freezing like of trip. it, I bet, kind of changes it a little yeah. bit. And... Uh, at, a, at a Chinese place, Crab Rangoon, hands down. Well, that's okay, yes. Sure, but but, we're just, but you know, a Crab Rangoon isn't on my every single that's restaurant I have to try it. You know, because Crab Rangoon doesn't come with every combo or whatever, but, like, everything comes with an egg roll. I got to try your egg roll. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's always been a, a staple of mine. I will go to a gas station sometimes and get four egg rolls, and that'll be a meal for me when it's, That's it's like, intended to be a snack. And it's like... You could do that for, like, eight years and get a car, dude. Dude. Now that you, now that you <laughs> if you line it up i'm just saying uh pass up on your 7-eleven egg rolls and your financial Anything security I buy is at a gas station if you could calculate that total number uh, oh god i don't want to i was i did a podcast um why did i say it podcast uh anyways I did a podcast with Jeff. It did I, think. A I did a podcast with Jeff, uh, I don't know, it was like a month and a half ago that was uh, top uh, five food genres. It was a silly, stupid list. It was actually my favorite episode we've ever recorded. I died when Jeff judged me for one of my options being hot dog foods. It was a whole thing. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll tell you about it later. It was a whole thing. But we were talking about it. My number one, I think it was my number one, was uh, road trip snacks. I, and like, when you said the amount of money you spent at a gas station, like, when I'm on a road trip, it doesn't have to be a 13, 20 hour road trip. But I'm like, I'm driving an hour to go to Hartford. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the gas station and just get shit. Just like, yeah. as much as I don't even care. I, give me a $20 bill and I'm balling out of control. You know, like. Yeah. Or like when we were in Boston and the very first night we went to 7 Eleven and me and Allie just were like, I want this. I want this. I want this. I don't, I, don't, I can't explain it. It's just something mm. about gas stations make me want to spend money. Oh, too much, by the way. It's like a yeah. dollar or two more than it would be anywhere else. And I just want to like, get the treats. It's like when Jake in Adventure Time comes across that that bed in Prismo's place where he's like... Oh, yeah. He's like, touche, good sir. You, <laughs> you did well. Yeah. I felt for yeah. it. I know uh, this is a trap, but... the um we, we mentioned Aldi's earlier. Their frozen egg rolls are bomb. They're really good. I like I, them a lot. It's, well, you know, all these has one brand of everything. They don't have, like, oh, yeah. six. So, like, their frozen egg rolls are very good. I would recommend them. Um, my number one, I had two answers to this, and I had to course correct. My throwaway that's not part of this was um, Vienna sausages. I can eat them till I can't feel my toes, which probably <laughs> would only be, like, five cans. I don't know. It's, they're <laughs> terrible for you, but I love them. But my two answers. One is the one I'm throwing away because I cannot replicate it again. It's been a long time, and I don't know. Charles can relate to this. The Swans Man mini oh, breakfast pizzas. Those yeah. those are something that I've wished I could find somewhere else for years. Schwann's I could I can more business. than relate to that. I am miserable that I don't have one. <laughs> I've considered ending it over the fact that they don't exist anymore. We used to Considered? I've downright tried to. <laughs> We've uh Charles is so it's a well documented thing in my life on my podcast and and all this stuff. Uh, Leslie hates me. She always has and she always will. Or maybe sure. now she's lacrimose to it. But at the time, um, she would get so mad at Charles and I, probably mostly me, because Schwanz would show up, drop off a <laughs> bunch of goodies, and Charles and I would eat two, three, four sleeves of mini pizzas. We we were just like popping them. 
popping them. Warm them in the microwave. They came with that uh, uh, tray that had the the the, the yep. foil on the bottom looking mm-hmm. thing to reflect the heat. It never worked. It just made everything stick to it. It was a disaster. I don't know if they'd be as good. I want to believe they would. If I died I, now and heaven was real, I can still taste them. Yeah, I want the aroma. I want to hold the pan, get too hot, set it on the couch. I, can, I want to take a fork and shove it under there till that cheese yes. breaks free. I and like, there's and there's still like a little bit of a a little bit of the dough stuck to the bottom yeah. of the tray. Yes, and you can oh. you can feel how floppy they are, and you can yeah. taste the weird cream and, sauce and that's on. And they them. live by the pizza roll theory one of them is going to hurt you one of them is going to be an ice cold block like they they lived by that rule you (laughs) played it one of them would bubble over and like become this like amalgamation of sauce and melted cheese the other one would look pristine like on the box art and you'd be like there what those are my throwaway because we can't replicate it i'm sure they they came in packs of they came in packs of one they came in packs of four there were yep. two different kinds. Man, those things were pepperoni like the and best. breakfast were the two I saw that we just a went job in. posting for uh, Schwann's Man Delivery. So I know that I know that they still are out there. The yeah, company exists. When we lived in like, um, Saratoga, I finally got a decent job at the time. I was making like fifteen, fourteen, fifty an hour. I was like rich. Um, and I was like, Franny, let's get let's get Schwann's man delivered. I went on the website. I put in my email. Like I was ready to make it a regular thing. But they have a fine print about how you have to uh, submit X amount of dollars worth of product every month. Otherwise, they no! will cut you. Oh yeah, you can't just be like, no! I want this. You have to sign up regular. It's like oh. it's like a fucking like you know on your internet you have to pay for a year. Uh, contract to yeah. get the pricing. Schwann's man is that you have to pay for X amount to get their product. Damn it! I, I was dude. just thinking to myself, I would get like a like a one month run of Schwann's just to get some nostalgic. Products. You can do that, but a it'll cost you way more than what it is, yep. and b you ruin the chance of you getting it again in the future. Son and of a bitch! I didn't realize respect. it was that exclusive. I how did our poor ass? How did my poor ass delivery family. guy? That was, was your. Like, a member of the family he came into the house yeah. we all knew him well so my real answer has everything to do with your house like a hundred percent to do with your house. Oh, so boy, first let me tell charles the reason your mom could afford those things was because that was almost your entire grocery bill you yeah. guys lived off schwann's man like it didn't matter everything extracurricular it was like schwann's is our food deal with it so like yeah it's crazy it's not it wasn't on top of your normal living and my number one uh, it was, uh, just, it was, it's a, it's a, it's a TV dinner. Char, uh, Lucas's mom was the queen of overbuying frozen foods and putting them both in the main freezer and the freezer out in the garage. Still and is. <laughs> that's still her jam? still does it. I love her so much. <laughs> she'll, she'll never stop. And when we'd go over there, it was like, what's for dinner like i don't know like my mom would make like you know sandwiches or like tuna noodle casserole or whatever and was like when we get to luke's mom's house like what's for dinner and it was always go grab one like go to the freezer and grab grab a hot pocket grab a totino's grab a little uh what do you call those a tony's pizza or celeste pizza uh grab a grab a a hungry man if she got a deal on them like whatever the salisbury steak 
my number one is banquet salisbury steak with the mashed potatoes and with the corn when you push it all into the one part of it and you smush it all around franny and i so i've told this uh, a few times on the podcast i'll tell it again about like once a year franny and i have we get a mood we get we get we get we get we get something in us that feels right and we say Today's junk day. We go to the store and we buy as many freezer food section and like off the counter, like shelf stable stuff like chips and all that. And we we buy Celeste pizzas, we buy Hot Pockets, we buy Dotinos, we buy, I like Frito-Lay bean dip with Fritos. Uh, we oh. buy some Doritos, I buy some Vienna sausages, like whatever. We get all the shit we like. And we're just eating it and we're feeling awesome. We're watching movies on the floor in the living room. And I always, always include a banquet salisbury steak it's a dollar i think it's still a dollar i'll never not eat that thing not with inflation now i'll tell you I, it's probably like a buck 25 buck 50 like whatever but yeah i ate so i i I'd, I'd never had a tv dinner my mom couldn't afford them because she was buying bulk dinners for all of us like i know that sounds stupid because those are the things poor people eat but it was a different type of poor. <laughs> it was, mm-hmm. I, I don't mean that insultingly. It's a different <laughs> no. type of poor where you live off of processed foods versus where you live off of bulk foods. It's a different thing. Um, so coming just, to your house, they're just different decision making processes. They're a hundred percent, and and it also matters like how many people and like what you have available. We had obviously my dad butchered all our own animals, so meat was covered. So processed meat wasn't. And, a thing and there were either. and there were more children involved. Exactly. So it's just different. But come into your house and just having pick of the litter. You know when people talk about, like, I wish I could just fill my grocery cart? Going to your house felt like that. Like, I can mm-hmm. just have any of this frozen food I want. And your mom never stopped me. She never <laughs> no. was like, you had one, you're done. She was like, go crazy. And I was like, I love this. And I'm I popping lit- things. I literally was just in Connecticut. And I was, I was with Connor. And I was like, hey, dude, you want to go make some food downstairs? And he's like, sure. And I go down and I go, I'm like looking around. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, what do we got? And I open the refrigerator and like, there's like two shelves full of yogurt and there's like, you know, some milk and stuff. And I'm like, what do you guys got in here? And I like close the refrigerator and he opens the freezer and he's just like, <laughs> you make taquitos. Uh, oh, I love fro with the yellow box. I don't know yeah. the brand, but the yellow box, right? Yeah. It's like oh. Ori- Uh No, it's Ortega. I think or yeah, <laughs> they make this the, the taco shells too. Right? I the, uh, you want to talk about we consistency and nailing it. So uh, like, so that makes me so dinner. happy to know that that's st- <laughs> like it, it doesn't honestly because your mom's doing pretty good for herself, but the decision yeah. making whatever. But that makes me happy to know like that ain't change. <laughs> old old habits die hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On on the sly, while we've been talking about all this, I've been thinking about... You can about, sit back. You don't have to lean in while you talk. We hear you good. I've I've been thinking about uh, all the frozen foods that I could make in my new air fryer. Uh, things changes in the, the air game. fryer. Like, when you're talking about frozen egg rolls, I'm like, Oh, wow. I might change in my the answer. the air fryer? I might change my answer based off the air fryer. You ever have fish sticks in the air fryer? Not yet, but I'm going to. I've only owned an air fryer for a week. So you know when you bake fish sticks and they stick to the tray and you like shred them in half and you end up eating like these clumps of, well, poor fish with a lot of breading. When you do them in the air fryer, they become like Burger King chicken fries. Like they are perfectly like, uh, they are a fish stick. Oh, gay fish, y'all. 
that that sounds I'm phenomenal fucking it's so yeah i i you know what no i'm not i do eat an an excess you know what the other problem with fish sticks is you never know how much you make too many and you eat till your tummy hurts it's a good thing but it's a bad thing i know how many fish sticks i and that's zero what why would you say that I to would, me i can't i wouldn't why so I, tell me why ain't I nothing but a heartache right now actually, tell me why was the reason Ain't I thought I didn't mistake. like fish for a while, and then I started having like fish prepared at restaurants, and I was like, "Oh, this doesn't taste that bad." But fish sticks to me, they taste like bad fish smells. They don't even like, taste like that... fish. They're just breading and nice. and ketchup and mayo. I always do fancy sauce with fancy dude, sauce. Dude, dude, the white always. fish, like like the Pollock blend, uh, blend mm. with the white fish. Yeah. There's nothing more more nondescript as a taste. <laughs> Yeah. It's just it's just like a flavor carrier. That's why you it do might like tartar sauce head. and stuff. You know what? I've been on. You know, I have to. I have to pay the piper right here. I am a. I am a a long time disrespecter of French fries. I I have regularly rallied against the fact that people like them as much as they do, and the main reason is because they are a vehicle for flavor, and that's what fish sticks are for me. There's nothing I can do about that. Mm-hmm. All right, we are back from a little intermission we needed, um, and I had some things I wanted to talk about, but Charles said he wanted to talk about something before I talked about something, so Charles, talk about something. Well, so I was just going to transition into a more trashy food talk. Uh, Love so it. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin mentioned a couple of things about uh, Lucas's mom purchasing a bunch of bulk frozen food. One of the things about our family's particular poor situation is that Every once in a while, living in a housing development, uh, we would have particular vendors come around and they would go, yo, I'm selling frozen steaks at a cost that you would not believe. They're vacuum sealed. So we would buy a shit ton of frozen steaks and throw them into the freezer. And I didn't realize until I was well into my uh, 20s that most people are all about grilling steaks. Most people are all about like uh, seasoning their steaks perfectly. I was learning how to pan sear a steak perfectly after defrosting it from the freezer. So uh, I spent a lot of time learning how to cook the perfect frozen steak. Uh, that's one of my favorite trashy foods. Uh, obviously, Hot Pockets are one of my favorite trashy foods. Kevin touched on this a little bit. My number one trashy food, Vienna sausages wrapped in croissant rolls, baked in the oven, pigs in blankets, using vienna sausages for so me it doesn't get better hated them but i'm with you i never had them that way until you made them because i never thought about that you make pigs and blanket with little little weenies little and i smokies. like that too yeah little smokies i like that too and i love viennas obviously they're similar but like i'd never tried to mix it up he's right it's banger it's it's just not as it's just not as good with the little smokies in hmm. my opinion also back up frozen steaks are not trashy let me tell you why Mm-hmm. the the cut of meat is obviously subpar everyone knows it you're not buying quality you know prime rib there like you're buying the shitty versions of cows that they weren't able to to market otherwise but the fucking like evolution and incredible technological advances involved in food preservation mm-hmm. frozen meat is a modern marvel and we do not we should not be able to eat 90% of the things we eat on a regular basis. One of them being frozen meat that is able to be transported all over the world. Yeah. 
it's fucking awesome. It's not trashy. I don't care what anyone says. If you're a, if you're on such a high horse that you only eat fresh, not frozen beef, go fuck yourself. You're bougie as shit. Yeah. Well, we we talked a huge industry. Yeah. We talked about this. Changed the world. We talked about this a little bit when we talked about like a. What are the benefits of Wendy's versus Burger King versus McDonald's? Uh, fresh, never frozen was one of the topics. Now, also, that's just... not true, by the way. Just so we're clear, I don't know if you guys have ever looked up that. The meat that they get is frozen and transported. In-house, it is no longer frozen. It is always room... I can't do because I'm holding pepperoni. Room temp, you know, not really, like, refrigerated cold. Yeah. It is always thawed on site but it is not from the cow to them never frozen it is frozen in transport <clears throat> well I, well so I knew somebody so, that worked at wendy's and they told me so i don't know how true this is but they told me when they received shipments of meat it was refrigerated and not frozen that their trucks that deliver it are do not freeze the meat now I as somebody that. again as somebody who again works in the food industry you can't get a frozen truck you can only get a refrigerated yeah. truck yep from the butchering to the packaging is where it's frozen. Getting to them, you can't, like you said, you can't, it has to be. If if you're yeah. taking in mass shipments of meat, at some point, it's going to be frozen. It just has the, to be. It just literally the, just the shelf be. life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Just with the shelf life of a product, it, the food's going to, it's going to have so to be frozen. So fuck Wendy's. You're not getting it from a local farm. You're getting it from a massive no. manufacturer from a massive farm. Mm-hmm uh kevin did you have anything else to touch on um, i did food oh yes one last thing i'm sorry i wasn't ready for the trick actually pepperoni is trashy food i'm eating pepperoni right now it can be trashy ass no like as a product it's like the worst cuts of pork ground up with aggressive amounts of seasoning and cured with way too much salt it is it's like it's poor people's sausage yeah, but also, but also, cured hot. meats are cured meats trashy. Cured meats aren't necessarily trashy. So I mean, if expensive... I was willing to go to bat for food preservation in terms of refrigeration, I have to go to bat for food preservation in terms of curing and drying. So I, yeah. you know what, you got me. Cure, mm. Curing and drying is about the classiest way you can preserve a food. Especially no, it's the most. Society. It's the bougiest, not classiest. There's a difference. When you go I'm, into, I, I'm not isn't the bourgeoisie the representative of a class? If you check, it's it's representative. Actually, of although I don't think bougie means bourgeoisie, just so we're clear, I'm, I'm almost positive it doesn't. It's we'll we'll have we'll have Mosher fact check this. After right, this Mosher will fact check that. We we don't have to discern, dis, you know, what's the concern ourselves. I almost said discernly. Yeah. Point is, excuse me. The point is. Uh, the one last thing I want to say about trashy foods is I do 100% believe potato chips and corn chips to be trashy food. And I know that they're just a standard snack oh, yeah. food amongst families. Like, they're just something that's at the barbecue, there's something at the picnic, there's some in everyone's pantry. Mm. I don't care. If you, if you eat more than a bag of chips, like, a week, it's, it's a trashy food. And nobody has chips that last in their pantry forever. You fucking... And that being said... An honorable mention for me has a, you know, sweet, uh, spicy, sweet chili Doritos, the purple bag. I, I can't stop myself when I'm around them. It's I, really good. I literally can't stop. I'm, a, I'm an OG. Uh, I used guy. to not like it, 
and I, I don't know what it is. Like, I still want to say that Nacho and Cool Ranch are the top two, like, they will be forever. But mm-hmm. some about them, dude. I'll get violent. I don't I care. I, it, I do definitely like them. But. It's, a, it's a different flavor profile. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, big time. Yep, uh, I would agree with all of that. I had something else to say about this. Uh, right. And I lost it. Let's save the last topic, the big the big fancy Charles topic for the very end. Because I have something I want to talk about. We're already at almost... Oh, no, we started late, but we're already at 50 minutes. I wanted to talk about... This is something that's affecting me big time. And I've got a few instances of when this has legitimately affected my day-to-day life. How susceptible are you two, the two boys, to um, allowing fictional things to affect your emotional state let me just give a quick have you guys seen the uh simpsons meme the simpsons joke where marge says what's wrong lisa did one of those characters in your book die and lisa's all sad that's what i'm talking about like where something in a book happened that was so profound whether it be good bad sad angry happy whatever that it made your personal emotional state for a prolonged time altered uh, so I'm I'm gonna let Lucas talk right after this because I know that he's very susceptible. Uh, I'm more susceptible to fictional characters uh, influencing my life than real people in my life. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent susceptible. Or at least to, so uh, far, you haven't had a friend die, a family member die. We don't know that. I've I've had one family member die in my life. How uh, close was it? It, uh, it was my grandmother. The uh, grandma your mom hated. But I, but I wasn't very close yeah, with her. Yeah, like, come on. I was, I was close with her for, like, four years. We started to get close uh, towards the end. And then uh, I was in her hospital room as she started dying. I'm not going to delve into a whole right, family right, 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 right. dying story. But but in the grand scheme of things, your best friend, your mom, your brother, your girlfriend has not passed away. So it's a little hard, hard to gauge. That's all I'm saying. Hard to gauge. That's all. No, but I am uh, a voracious... Uh, intaker of fiction so yes I, yes you are you read a lot you watch a lot mm-hmm. you play a lot that's true i i read i watch i'm always taking in stories yeah uh one of the main things that i would say about myself is that i am a huge intaker of any form of story uh i watch critical role i love yeah, taking in that's like your current characters. boo get get mm-hmm. like a lot out of taking in those character stories yeah uh I listen to audiobooks. I read books. I've always read books. I've always watched How, movies. I'll you, you sit know, down and watch an entire series all in a row. I'm not going to follow up questions on you yet. Let's let Luke uh, do do his piece there. He'll answer yeah. first. Well, I am very susceptible. This is coming from the guy who thinks rocks have metaphysical properties. So, Oh, like... fucking don't start with <laughs> but We're sticking to this I for a minute. But like, with characters, like I'll, I'll watch certain things just to feel those emotions because I, I want to feel those through those characters and i don't okay. get the same kind of response or reaction like well that's not i have gotten that reaction from people in real life but like fictional characters are more real to me because they live i know more about them i guess i'm not sure i or think I, I think a big part of that is like, so have you ever seen the, you guys know like stoner thoughts, like, oh, if your body's 75% water, then are you 75% Jesus if you walk on me? Like all that kind of dumb stuff. One of the stoner thoughts though is um, try to imagine, you know, everyone likes to say walk a mile in your shoes. Try to imagine 
the fact that everyone else is living as full a life as you are. They have as many decisions, they have as much shit going on in their life. They are living as full... That's impossible for people to wrap their heads around. You only get to live your life. Yeah. Fictional characters, though, you do get to encapsulate them ten times fuller than I do Charles, despite how often I talk to him. Right. Uh, so, so exactly to your point, like, uh, one of the parts of the creative process is that typically when people are uh, constructing a character, a narrative, and a storyline, they're dumping their own personal experiences. Typically, their most, like, cumulative, uh, most emotional experiences, they're using those to construct their characters and their stories. And that's why you can feel so strongly towards fictional characters. Right. Uh, they're, they're a manifestation of the strongest emotional impulses that the people creating it's also why when you see a movie versus the book you read you created that character in your image of what they were and someone else created their image over here and if they don't line up you're like i'm gonna have you read the fourth harry potter book and i'm like yeah (laughs) Yeah. i did i get it but like that happened to me a little bit because the only time i've ever read the book before i watched the movie was during the hunger games and i i loved the hunger games the Uh, books the books yeah Yeah. uh i also it was was just so good and you know it's funny you bring that up that's one of my examples yeah oh that's well okay great i'll I'll, Uh, I'll talk about it in a second uh it's a great reading those books like you know, I was taking them everywhere with me. I couldn't put those things down. And then I watched the movie, and I'm just like, um, this is really exciting because I get to see how these guys did it, but I know that I'm only disappointed because this isn't how I pictured it. That's and maybe really it's interesting. I had the like exact maybe, opposite reaction. It's like maybe I oh. didn't understand some of the descriptive writing or like, Maybe I just didn't, you know, didn't interpret the words the, no, the no, proper you, way. You did the way you did, and the director right. slash actors did the way they did. And I, I, I did like, I enjoyed the Hunger Games. I did, but yeah, not, they're, they're good. Not as much as I liked reading the book. Yeah. Uh, my my thoughts were that Jennifer Lawrence was a little bit too subdued to how I was picturing Katniss. Uh, she yeah, didn't portray the emotions that I thought were going on in those scenes. Uh, she uh, she seemed calm to me. I'll be honest. That is one of the only times a book in a movie has like hit the beat for me. It's mm-hmm. weird that we're in three different spots, but for real, for real. I uh, I read those books when I was um, working at the apiary. I started the first book, didn't touch it for a year, and then read the next two. Well, the rest of it, and then the next two in under three days. I was like, I was in it, and. I've never had a book and a movie line up like that did for me. Like, they played it exactly how I read it, and I was ecstatic. I like the books more because you get more, but in terms of what they did choose to use, I was like, oh, this is fucking it. They're doing it. I think my initial response was disappointment, but, like, by the time they got through all the movies and everything, and, like, I had gotten over that. That was the only thing that was different for me was the very end. That was the only thing that was different. Yeah. Uh, I started to look at it a little differently because when you put them together and like, oh, actually, that's a great idea for that scene or like, you know, that was that's actually really good casting for that person. Like 
when you look at it as like just here and there the differences and not as a general well that's not what i thought it was right uh it started to actually be a lot of fun to like yeah build that well, world again in my head i would say for 90 percent of people whenever you want to bring up the argument because when you're having a discussion it's different but whenever you want to bring up the argument the book is better take a step back and be like you didn't get to make that movie for me for me the biggest for me the biggest example of that was definitely game of thrones which we talked about a little bit in week yeah. uh week one's podcast uh for me i've read those books twice and i watched that series once and even the first time watching it i was really disappointed with a lot of things they did in the later weeks i'm, I'm not gonna well, delve hold too on. far into that well you're not talking about stuff host books you're talking about like mid mid show mid series uh about mid series is where they started to deviate like really heavily dramatically because like, the beginning they... i know is like a, a few characters get merged and like whatever yeah they uh they basically take like whole plot threads and completely change character trajectories and start to do things that minimize the plot in order to maximize how quickly they can push through the story which uh, they kind of have to do to be fair mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of they they do just when i read the books i got more out of that yeah yeah and it and it is almost always fair to get more out of the book you know what? actually there's two examples where the inverse is actually i like the movie more than the book um that's not even what this discussion is but a real whatever um the exorcist uh the book is incredibly good and incredibly terrifying but it's longer if you thought the movie was longer, the book's longer um yeah. and uh silence of the lambs they do a couple different things with the book. Um, there's a little bit more uh, transphobic hate. Um, there's a little bit more in regards to the final fight. Like, there's a little bit of things. Uh, horror is one of those things, even though the books have been there forever and they're famed for a reason, it, it landed better for me in the, in the that's a that's, that's a really interesting thing for you to bring up because uh, I know that they're making a Salem's Lot movie right now, and which is... Another one? Yep, which is technically a remake. Uh yeah. Now, I read the Salem Slot books, loved them. Uh, probably in my top three Stephen King books. And, I haven't read enough Stephen King to know I should. Uh, I've read a lot of Stephen King, and almost always his books do not translate well into movies. Yeah. That's why his screenplay that he did that was never a book, Maximum Overdrive, if you haven't seen it, it's a masterpiece. Well, let's calm down just a little bit. But <laughs> I know what you're getting at. <laughs> it's a it it's a Stephen King movie that was a screenplay went right to film, uh, where like machines come alive, and there's like there's like there's a scene in the beginning where like this vending machine starts like shooting sodas out and like gouging people in the head and like <laughs> that is the one you're talking about the one where the uh machines come to life and one of the big rigs that's trying to murder them has yes. the green goblin's face on it yes that's yeah, that's okay. like the concept of scenes from a buick 8 that's almost the exact same thing which yes. is also uh, if matt Castenhuber was here i was just gonna exactly say what, I, I he know. would know what i'm talking about he would he would he would talk extensively about Stephen King. so so can, but, let's 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 get out of the book to movie yeah. conversation it's natural that it would have gone there let's get out of that right I mean, I was in love with Katniss Everdeen when I read the books, and yeah. Jennifer Lawrence was a different person to me 
So so let me let me pitch just this just because the original prompt was how do you attach to emotional uh, to, to to fictional characters and how does it carry on after you're done with it? Hunger Games has one of my top three biggest personal breaks. Um, so I have this thing with fictional stuff where when something happens that I can't emotionally cope with, I'm a pretty suppressed person. Um, there's very few people I talk to uh, about this kind of stuff other than my solo cast. Um, Finnick in in uh in, in the hunger games was one of the big three for me so finnick is the handsome guy from mm-hmm. district two or three. three he's the guy he, yeah, he's the guy who swims and you know he's aquaman of this world and in the third book he dies and it is dramatic it is in the books the movies kind of underplay it a little too much for me no, because the big. scene the scene has to go fast in the movies it has to go like it you don't get to do the full sewer scene in the movie as much as the book spends like three chapters building up the suspense and he sacrifices himself to let everyone get out and i didn't see that coming i thought finnick was going to be one of the guys to make it to the end i always you know i'm team Peta, whatever you want to call for that but i always thought he was going to be one of the guys to make it to the end and when he died it was a solid like week my boss asked me what was wrong my co-workers asked me what was wrong my wife asked me. i i was like i thought i lost like a, a a brother a friend like a dad like i was like i don't know what the emotional attachment is because i haven't lost those things in my real life but i was fucking broken when finnick died like hunger games did that to me that's one of the versions that i'm talking about with the prompt that 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 killed me mm-hmm. i don't know if you've had that like you know being sad for when you read it and you go oh no and then you have trouble sleeping no 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 have you had something that's like taken you mm-hmm. uh so so lucas especially i know uh when uh season two uh campaign two of critical role ended uh i talked to lucas on the phone a couple of times and uh he mentioned to me i feel like i just lost some of my best friends oh how many don't tell me i don't want to know i'm gonna check it out eventually but you can Uh, talk about it i mean in season two i mean it's just or campaign two, yeah. Uh, it ends a lot differently from campaign one. and uh, But that I started on campaign two. And by the end of it, like Charles has said, they, those guys had become... You listen to that many hours of people They're what, like four-hour episodes each? Four, each. four hours there's, a piece? There's and there's about... 150 episodes. So. Yep. In campaign two? Yeah. Yep. Holy moly. 115 so, in campaign one and 150 oh. in campaign two. Oh my god. Yeah, so you're like 700 episodes deep, or 700 hours deep in these yeah. characters. You're yeah. One Piece levels of hours deep. Oh, that's another one. Yeah. I actually stopped watching One Piece when Ace died. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, he knew. I was like, you knew. I was like, no that. crazy. Yeah, I was, I was like, no crazy spoilers. No, but no. we have, we have listener. <laughs> yeah well so, fuck the listener when ace di- so i was dead these guys had all been watching it for a few years at this point and i kept putting it off putting it off putting it off i finally started watching it. i was working at verizon i was watching it on my work computer because i worked at a uh indirect so i opened and closed the store i worked like 12 hour days so i would just have my uh uh watch op.com which removed oh, yeah. the intro and outro and you just watched and i would watch it was like 18 to 20 minutes every episode i'd watch all day long on my work day and when someone walked in i'd pause it and help them and then they'd leave and i'd be like i got another 30 minutes for someone else i watch it ace died i shut my computer down 
and I just helped customers the rest of the day, and I didn't touch One Piece for months because I every time I thought about One Piece, I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. You're really gonna make me watch 500 episodes and then kill one of my favorite characters? I can't yeah. do this. And I was done. So. I had a, a much different... I mean, Ace was definitely very heavy when that happened. Uh, but another really heavy moment that's probably, like, one of the most influential moments for me because I've been Wait, watching... Wait, in One Piece? In One Piece. Is it going to spoil uh, it for Charles? No, no, it's before okay, okay. Ace dies. Uh, oh, no, I know what it is. Uh, I was watching the new episodes as they came out since Water 7, so... Yep. When they got to the Shibondi Archipelago, yep. uh, it's coming out with new episodes each week. And at that time in Japan, there was a huge uh, writer strike uh, where they they had shut down uh, animation anime production for like three months almost. Like there was a huge strike. Um, and the final episode that One Piece released before the strike had happened was the episode where kuma sent them all flying and luffy yeah. was completely defeated and and then i had to sit with that for right like you were forced months. to wait <laughs> like what in the hell just happened like yeah that was <laughs> i watched it again with uh dj because he was he first time one piece didn't have a lot of spoilers he didn't know that was coming and i got to watch it with him and he was very quiet throughout it um he's done this to me a few times have you ever seen gurren Logan? Yeah. He was literally waiting for me to watch Kamina die, and I was not ready. Because, like, I was spending, <sighs> like, four episodes being like, dude, Kamina's so dope. Like, I love these kind of characters. I'm having fun. And he's like, yeah, I love it, too. And we're watching the episode, and I was like, DJ, no! Why would you? I was broken. But anyway. It happens pretty quick, honestly. When that, in One Piece, when it happens, um, I was shocked. It's, like, two episodes. No, it's it's one episode, but the first episode, like, Lee, you see Zoro on the ground. He's, like, over, and then, you know, yeah. boom, he's the first one gone. Um, when that happened, um, I didn't, yeah, I can agree to that. It wasn't as big for me as Ace or Whitebeard. Those are my two big ones, but, like, it was pretty hard. Yeah, especially with Luffy, the, just the way they depicted him, like, bashing his head off the ground. and like... He's freaking no don't he's, those are my guys like i, I failed you know he's yeah. like freaking out yeah and like at that point in time like and it's a like, it's just after robin says she like the robin emotional connection she's like i want right. to be part of this you just had zoro do his like i'll do anything for the captain moment yeah. on thrill they've taken down now. at this point they've you taken down mul sad. multiple warlords they attacked a government you know stronghold like yeah. they're on top of the world and you're like nah Okay, you know, shonen anime. I'm 500 like, episodes into it. Yeah, I'm no, no, I'm 380 episodes into yeah. a shonen anime. Like, whatever, they're gonna do everything. <laughs> they don't do everything. They do uh, nothing. Actually, that's a good one. Charles, uh, do you have anything like that? Something that's like for days made you think on it. Uh, yeah. So, mine is a book that nobody's read so far. Uh, I keep recommending it to people. It's called The Terror. Uh. Yeah, I, uh, I recommended it to. I started Lucas. listening to it. It's I haven't gotten that far in. I'm sorry. Uh, it's a it's a pretty intense historical fiction. It, oh, I, I'm I can't, out already, but I want to listen now to what you're saying. Uh, well, I can't really describe that much about what happens in the book without giving it away. So yeah, give it I'll, away. I'm not gonna. I, oh, for Lucas, fair, 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 fair. Well, yeah. from what I've learned, also, also, are, our are, only other our only other listener is Will. 
and maybe a couple of other people that I uh, <laughs> recommend this to. That you and, worry about, at least, right. yeah. Because we get, and, like, and, uh, the last few have gotten 40-plus, so whoever is listening to them, I don't know who the fuck they are. They're listening. Sweet. Oh, uh, I did advertise this to, like, 12 different people last week, Whoa. and I they hope, listened well, to it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I hope they all go, but either way, continue. Uh, so I also recommended this to Will. Uh, shout out to Will. It's Will's birthday today. Happy Fuck birthday, that guy. Will. I birthday. get the birthday. No, yeah. help him. It's me. I get uh, days so off from work. This is a big deal for me. Blood moon on your birthday. Uh, like that's so Mercury's not... in retrograde and uh, okay. amethysts are glowing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk too much about the terror. Lucas can uh, give his. Right. I've so... listened to three pages. From what I've <laughs> what I've learned about the terror so far, from the very little that I've read, is that there's a bunch of seamen on ships. Uh, and you could have said that a different way, but I appreciate seamen, <laughs> seafarers, uh, okay. and uh, there seems to be a supernatural element to the Arctic's that they're traveling, and it's set in a time period of like what late 1800s. Or I'm something actually like that. back on board. Uh, you know I takes, like seafaring stuff. It takes place in the. Actually, let me just give the overview. Uh, so, uh, this whole this whole book takes place in about the 1850s. Uh, it, around this time period, Britain had been sending people into the Arctic Passage for about a hundred years. These people are taking a steamship. It's the first steamship of its kind. It's heavily laden with canned foods, and it has two different steamships that are uh, trying to forge the Arctic Passage. They send a large crew up into the Arctic Passage to try and uh, get through it, uh, the first people of their kind to do so, and they get frozen in the ice once they get past, like, Alaska-type area uh, up in the Antarctic, and they're frozen in the ice for about four years. So their ships are frozen there, and they're eating their canned food and uh, finding that their government had taken the cheapest canned food contract that they could find. So the canned food is starting to spoil. And also, in that time period, people didn't understand the uh, relationship between citrus and scurvy. So people are starting to get scurvy. Now, as they're uh, living in the Arctic, they You're find... You're getting less into plot and more into summary, just so you know. Uh, this is this is like all in the first like 10 pages. Yeah, it's, okay. it, it is. Okay. Okay. Uh, so they get frozen in, and they're trying to deal with their situation, and uh, they find that they're constantly plagued by a gigantic, seemingly supernatural polar bear that is picking off members of their crew. And I didn't see that coming, but I'm listening. And uh, they're also attributing, most of the crew is attributing the fact that they took in an Eskimo woman whose tongue is cut off and cauterized, to have some sort of relationship with this creature. And uh, basically, like, in the first ten pages, you find that members of the crew are, like, going out in the middle of the night, and because they're up in the Antarctic, it's always nighttime. They're getting picked off like crazy, and it pegs over to, like, a, a captain named Crozier, who's, like, this heavily alcoholic Irishman. Uh, and then it just follows the plot from there. And it goes on for like oh. 700 pages. Oh, uh, Jesus. The, it's a the, big one. The, the entire book includes a lot of naval terminology. I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. But by the time I was finished with it, I was like, holy shit. I've never experienced an emotional journey, the likes of which this book just took me on. 
I'm interested because I had something happen like that with a book I wouldn't think it would called uh, Last of the Breed by Louis L'Amour. Louis L'Amour is a famous Western writer. I've I've read a lot of Louis L'Amour. Last of the Breed, if you haven't read it yet, read it. It's about a, a, a Native American person who is now in the war and he gets stranded in Siberia, which is the hardest place to live, but he does it for a full year and he takes out... It's, it's the craziest shit I've ever read, but on top of being crazy, like... It, it spends intricate detail explaining the psyche of this dude on his own in the frozen that's, tundra. That's like, exactly living. what this kind of shit is. Oh, like. it's crazy. And, and, and this, this book, instead of making me think I would never like to go to the Antarctic, uh, by the end of it, uh, one of the characters has spent a lot of time like slogging through a personal survival journey through the mm -hmm. Antarctic, and it made me think, could I really live my life without spending like two or three days in sub-zero temperatures? Yeah. That's one of the main things I would like to experience. So the reason I brought this prompt all up was I was talking today with a friend and this happened to me big time. Um, I'll wrap this up relatively quick because we're getting to the, 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 the longer part of a podcast. Um, this happened to me a few years ago. I watched the movie with friends and I know it's going to sound corny off the rip, but I'll get there. Have either of you seen Bohemian Rhapsody? The biopic yes. about uh, Queen. I, I, I cried like I cried like a baby when he did the song "Love of My Life" on the piano <laughs> when he first started like not being next to his wife. Yeah, at the like three quarters of the way through it or whatever. Um, yeah, you but... haven't seen it, Luke. Mm -mm. Okay, so it's about obviously Queen, um, right. but really it's not as much about Queen as it's about Freddie Mercury, and. I've been very open with this, um, both on the solo cast and with Charles. Uh, Freddie Mercury's journey throughout this movie, it's relatively accurate to the character. It's not very accurate to the life of Queen. There's been a lot of like hilarious discrepancies, and I don't give a fuck. Point is, the entire movie is about Freddie Mercury's going from being an outcast in his own family to a massive celebrity to being abused by his friends and taken advantage of to being an outcast to being back in the good graces of queen to being you know an openly gay man to dying of aids it's it's this crazy like wow mm -hmm. that freddie mercury went through all that and one of the biggest themes in it t middle to the end is what he suffered in regards to his friends and for me that's a big deal he is taken advantage of by people he doesn't know his friends are abusing his money He's lying to his wife. He's okay. Let me hold on. I'm going to talk about all this stuff that's very real to me. The lying to your wife part is not the real part to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be clear there for a second. Um, full disclosure, that's the yeah, reality. Because Freddie Mercury is an openly gay man, and I love him for that. But I'm not an openly gay man. He, well, he, he became the gay, the gay He became an open. Yeah. He became an openly gay. I'm man. on my way. But the point is, <laughs> the entire episode or the entire movie um, is about how he struggles with all of these personal relationships, and a lot of it was self-inflicted. And Charles has made it very clear to me that a lot of my personal mental issues are self-inflicted. He's a very big I, jerk. He's constantly victim shaving me. It's crazy. But. <laughs> The point is, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna refute that. I'm just gonna say that uh, I I've talked to Kevin about this at length in a way that's a lot more emotionally endearing. No, no, it's very aggressive. Uh, so there's a part in the movie. It's about it's about like a little over three quarters of the way through it. You're at towards the end, and he has been 
partying like a rock star and literally driving away the people he actually wanted to be friends with in pursuit of the friends he thought he wanted. Um, you know, this lavish life and all this shit. Mm-hmm. And they all leave him, and he finds out he has AIDS, and he's broken as a person, and his wife obviously is not happy with all of this, so she leaves him. And, like, his his band comes back to him like, Freddie, you're completely fucked up, and we want to help you, but you're not letting us, and we now we can't do it anymore. So he gets completely left alone, and then eventually makes his way back. And then in the end, he has, like, a very touching relationship with his ex-wife, now that he's openly gay, and unfortunately passes of AIDS. And, like... The middle part of that story, the the friends part of that story, it hit me like a Mack truck. Like I was so I was I was clinically depressed for like two weeks. Like Franny was concerned about me. She can attest to that. Like my friends were wondering what was going on. I was silent at work. I wasn't joining conversations. Like I had a lot of trouble coping with that because he's not a fictional character, but this version was an exaggerated version of the character. Like it was you know, right. taking 20 years and condensing it into half an hour. And it 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 broke me, dude. Like, it but killed think, me as a person. But, but that... also... Oh, go ahead. Uh, it wasn't that exaggerated, because uh, my experience with... Uh, well, it's exaggerated entire... in time, not not it, like in the meaning. It It is, but uh, also what you took from that story and what I took from that story are slightly different, because uh, my take in from that entire story was... This was a man's personal experience with loneliness. And uh, a person's experience with loneliness isn't necessarily referential to, like, how tight they are with their friends or anything around them. Uh, A man's relationship with loneliness is more referential to how he experiences himself. And that's what I got from, like, Freddie Mercury's experience in that movie and also my experience with his story. And... uh, the song that he makes uh, in reference to his ex-wife when he's discovering that he's a gay man, Love yep. of My Life, it's one of my top five favorite Queen songs, but it's also one of my top five favorite songs. It might be, like, in my top three. Uh, I, I think I think it's... It. It's, uh, it's just so deeply personal. That we yeah. touched on when we first started talking about all of this uh, with, like, fictional characters that you fall in love with, which is that they are, like, the most extreme cases of like these displays of emotions and these these scenarios that you yeah. go through you and, latch like, on to the to the pinnacles of them not right. like the it took me forever to get here you're like Holy and like shit. fear and joy are like some of those extremes and so like if you fear the things that you perceived that he was going through then like that's probably something you fear happening in your own you, life which here's is why a, here's a good version of that have you seen um uh in wano when it's not a spoiler charles don't worry i'm not going to tell you how it gets there when uh luffy and zoro link back up yeah and he's jumping through the sky and he's like when zoro's yeah. like luffy and then they you know that moment for me in the inverse of sadness i was like on a high yeah. I was like, holy shit, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, I'm feeling so good because my boys yeah. are are back. And, like, I uh, was hyped. I was hyped. The, the last thing I'll say is that a movie like that, for me, it's an animated movie, but it's uh, we... Hayao Miyazaki. It was supposed to be his farewell film or whatever, but he kept making movies for, like, nine years after that. <laughs> it, it's called uh, The Wind Rises. And it's, it's Never... uh, based on Nothing. a true story about the guy who developed the... Uh, zero uh the f-zero planes or whatever 
yeah. uh, that were used as kamikaze planes in World War II. Oh, II. Jesus Christ, that took a turn. Uh, yeah, the guy that invented planes for Japan, basically, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a story about his life. And it's like really inspiring because you find out that this guy, he didn't set out to make war machines. He set out right. to make, you know, a beautiful engineered creation so that people could fly and everything. Right. And there's also the story of his personal romance and right. And They've got to do the, the life. Of, and yeah. it's one of the most beautiful and inspiring movies that I've ever seen. That's based on a true story. I've never. Seen uh, that. I, I I totally agree with you, Lucas. I've tried to get Allie to watch that with me a couple of times. Haven't yeah. succeeded. Um, it's hard because it's, it's just it's, like it's, a, sex it's really a, it's really well thank you so it's it's really a story about a man whose uh main goal in life is to achieve like Blow up. a a pinnacle of uh like like perfection in terms oh. of the schematics he's making he's right. just trying to perfect a machine he's right. not trying to perfect but all of this other stuff is what's yeah. kind of but yeah. but he has to excel at the thing he's working on. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which may, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just hard to see and and it's it's probably happens with everybody who has a passion for something that they love. Right. Somebody has to monetize an aspect take of it. it. So I mean, that's not take advantage. Yeah. And 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 then like, you know, there's tragedy because you know, life happens and life can be brutal sometimes and you know, he still rolls with the punches and it's just it's so inspiring. I recommend it. Really it's happy a great I, love story. Really happy too. I brought this uh, bring great us down moment to the podcast. Okay. All right, uh, I'm can, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get to that. a I'm gonna get to a final bring us up moment. Okay, <laughs> my la my last topic. Yeah, I I got a Yogi bow. I have wait, a wait, 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 wait. wow. Well, that's all the time we have, folks. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you joined us for another session on Men of the Machine. I'm Lucas, and this has been Charles and Kevin. Wonderful night. And as you can see, over here we have the man of the machine.